The first reading is Luke 18, starting at verse 9, which is on 1,197, if you've got one of these Bibles from the entry. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. The tax collector stood at a distance. He could not even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Second reading is Romans uh, 5, starting at verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. You see, just at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Dominic Steele coming to you from Wittenberg in central Germany. This courtyard was the epicentre of a theological earthquake that shook the world 500 years ago. What happened was Martin Luther came to see that the practice in the Roman church of selling salvation, of selling indulgences was wrong. And so he wrote 95 theses to that effect and nailed them to this door of this church. That shook the theological world of Europe at the time. There were four big ideas, faith alone, grace alone, Bible alone, and Christ alone. In the series, Ideas That Change the World, we examine those four ideas and four key thinkers, Martin Luther, John Calvin, William Tyndale, and Thomas Cramner. It's video, it's Bible study. I hope you'll join us for Ideas That Change the World. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, a German monk nailed a piece of paper to a church door. It was not a particularly radical thing to do. It wasn't aggressive. That was the normal way you put up an idea for discussion. It was like posting something on Facebook. 
But somehow, that piece of paper started this religious, this social, this political earthquake that shook the world. But does it still matter today? Is it worth celebrating? A lot of people would say no. It is a long time ago. It's 500 years ago. There was no internet. There were no phones of any kind. There were not even flushing toilets. It's a long time ago. And it's a galaxy far, far away on the other side of the world in an area we now call Germany. It did turn out to be an epic battle between the evil empire and the good rebels. But there were no lightsabers. It wasn't even about who would rule the galaxy. It was about religion. It was about ideas and weird ideas, it seems to us. The selling of pieces of paper that could get you into heaven called indulgences about strange rituals which we wouldn't recognise anymore, about whether wine really turned into blood. They don't seem important to us anymore, do they, those issues? And we have much bigger issues now. Will there be a nuclear war? Will we be destroyed by terrorism? Will the world be destroyed by climate change? They're the issues that matter, we think. And even for those of us who think that religion matters, we think now, don't we, that it's the rejection of Christian values in our society that really matters. And what we need to do is emphasise unity and not division so we can take on the world. It's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away and the issues are different. Surely this doesn't matter anymore. And more than that, the Reformation is not worth celebrating, you might think. After all, it's a conflict, isn't it? When there wasn't one before. It led to persecution and executions and terrible wars. And even today, the Reformation is why we have many different churches, which sometimes we're embarrassed about. Surely it'd be better to join with the uh, current Pope, who says that, yes, there was some corruption at the time that needed fixing, and we've fixed it now. The rest, it was all a big misunderstanding. It's no wonder, is it, that the Reformation is never mentioned in our school education. Have you noticed that? Thirteen years of schooling I had, it was not mentioned once, despite, as you've picked up, my great interest in history. I've never seen a monument in Australia about it. There are almost no movies about it. There are almost no popular books about it. And yes, the anniversary is coming up, and 500's a pretty big one. And I have seen nothing at all in the media about it. 
We needed the series, didn't we, on same-sex marriage because everyone's talking about it. It's constantly in the media and people talk about it. We needed to be informed and equipped to talk about it. We don't need that for the Reformation because no one is going to ask you. So why have I decided to spend five weeks on this? Why should we care? Surely the Reformation doesn't matter today. My job tonight, as you're not surprised by, is to convince you that the Reformation still matters. You can see it there in your outline. I've got four points. The ideas really mattered then. The ideas changed the world then. The ideas still matter today. And finally, the ideas still change the world today. You see, all of history is about events and people and political forces, but the Reformation was really about ideas. And at the time of the Reformation, there was one issue that mattered. People died so often, and people died in your face so often that it was obvious to everyone what was the one issue that mattered. You needed to be right with God. That's the issue, isn't it, in Luke 18? Who's going to be justified before God? That's the issue in Romans 5 we saw tonight. How can you have peace with God? How can you have forgiveness with God? How can you have hope with God? And 500 years ago, there was one simple answer. The church. There was only one church. It was the Roman church. They could tell you the answer. And the answer was... The church, do what they say, and that is the only way. They included things like faith and grace and Bible and Christ. They didn't deny any of those things. They simply added to them. You need faith, but you've got to do enough. You need grace from God, plus you've got to earn it. You need the Bible, but you've got to add to it tradition. And you need Christ between you and God, but you need the priest, you need the saints, and you need Mary as well. Along comes Martin Luther. He sees that this is the issue that really matters. And he tried the church's answer to do all their things. He tried it with all, their, all his heart, but he knew it had not worked. He had no peace. He knew he was not justified before God. He had no forgiveness. He did not love God. He hated God because God made it so hard. And as a lecturer at the university, he had to study Romans. His job was to try and explain what it said. And he kept beating upon the book of Romans to try and find the answer. And finally, God revealed it to him. And you see the sort of answer he found here in Romans 5. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see the verbs there? We have been justified through faith. We have peace. It's done. It is finished. And we have it. 
It's through faith, simply by trusting in what Jesus has done, that we have peace with God and now stand in grace, verse 2. Therefore we have hope and certainty that we'll be saved from his wrath. As Luther tried to put this together, he came up with four slogans. It's by faith alone, by grace alone, in the Bible alone, through Christ alone. And for him, they were not dry ideas, not mere slogans. They changed everything. He went from hating God to loving God. He went from being afraid of God and in slavery to the demands of the church to having great joy having great confidence and loving his neighbour as a result. And so when the Catholic Church threatened him, threatened him with excommunication, which is not just you can't turn up to church anymore, that is you are going to hell. When they threatened him with execution as well, he burned the piece of paper that it was written on. He said, here I stand, I can do no other because the idea was that good. The idea mattered that much. It was an idea worth dying for. And not just Luther, the, this idea spread. And so there were now new churches that were protest churches, Protestant churches, protesting against the lies that had been told. And in just a few years, the ideas mattered so much that people started dying for them, first in the Netherlands and then in many other countries. We're interested, of course, in England because as England colonised Australia, this is an Anglican church, a Church of England church. Did people die for it in England? Well, my children are very long-suffering, and when we go on holidays, every time there is a monument or a plaque, we have to read it. They're walking on, but here's Dad reading the plaque yet again. There we were in England on the side of the Thames, and I hit the jackpot. They're sitting on the park bench eating lunch. William Tyndale, this statue is for. William Tyndale heard the words of Luther, believed these ideas, was changed himself and wanted other English people to understand them. But the Bible was only in Latin. And so he began to translate the Bible. The church pursued him. He had to flee to Belgium. They pursued him to Belgium, tricked him, captured him, strangled him and burned him. What was his crime? He translated the Bible into English. But he was sure it was an idea that mattered. It was an idea worth dying for. And he was not the only Englishman. During Queen Mary's reign of five years, she murdered 300 of her own people. That's one per week. All of them convinced this was an idea worth dying for. Indeed, the founder of Anglicanism, Thomas Cramner, burned at the stake. The Archbishop of Canterbury burned at the stake by the Queen because this was an idea worth dying for. This is our story and it's an idea worth 
dying for. We were in Canberra on holidays a couple of weeks ago, so you have to go to the War Memorial. Four hours of Dad looking at plaques. <laughs> How good is that? Of course, he went through the World War I section, and it was very moving. It was a long time ago, a hundred years, in a galaxy far, far away, but it's our story, isn't it? Because of the thousands of men and women, Australian men and women who died there. By the end of that section, finally the last plaque was about an Anglican minister and his wife who had double the ideal number of children. They had ten. Five of their sons went to war and two of them died. And the tears were welling up in my eyes. It was our story and it mattered but the Reformation is our story, but it was also about ideas that mattered. What was World War I about? What was the idea that mattered? There wasn't one. The European powers just couldn't get it together to stop a war, or rather they wanted a war because of their stupid nationalism and greed. It doesn't matter, World War I, because of an idea. But the Reformation, people died. It's our story and they are ideas that matter. That's why the Reformation still matters today. Because they are ideas that mattered, they are ideas that changed the world. Obviously it changed individuals, didn't it? so that they thought these ideas were worth dying for. It changed church life, so that what we think is normal in church was completely unheard of before. But everything changed. We'll hear more about that as we go along. But it wasn't just religion that changed because of the Reformation. Before the Reformation, family life was not esteemed. The ideal way to live was to be celibate, to be a priest and not tainted by being in a family. But the Reformation changed that and the family became normal and good. Before the Reformation, the real way to live that really mattered was in a monastery where you didn't bother with secular work. You weren't tainted by that. But the Reformation changed that so that now it was good to do secular work, good to contribute to others. It actually mattered. It was a way of serving God. Before the Reformation, it was full of superstition and magic. You could go to witch doctors. You could touch your hands on a relic, a bone of a dead saint that hopefully would heal you because that's how you understood the world. But the Reformation understood that that was not how God worked. He had made the world in an ordered way. And so what developed in Reformation countries? Science and medicine. That changed the world. What about education? Before the Reformation, who got an education? Who was taught to read and write? The children of the nobility. Did they go to schools? No. There weren't schools. They got a tutor into the home to teach them. No one had thought of having public schools for everyone. What a ridiculous idea. 
But with the Reformation, they needed people to be able to read the Bible. And to read the Bible, you've got to be able to read. And to be able to read, you need to be taught to read. And so the Reformation people built schools. And now the whole world thinks children should go to school. Finally, what about freedom? Before the Reformation, you simply had to believe what the church said. There was one church, and you had to do and think what the Pope said. But the Reformation said you could read the Bible for yourself, come to your own conclusions, and you're allowed to be in different churches where they thought different things, and you allowed one another that freedom. Does that sound like the world you enjoy? Freedom. We're amazed, aren't we, by the change that's come in our lifetime. Some of us can remember when a man stepped on the moon. That's extraordinary. Some of us can remember when you couldn't do the internet and then you could. That's extraordinary. What a change we've had in our lifetime. But they are they're trifles. They're all about speed and communication. That's not real change. But you have a change where family matters, where work matters, where science changes the world, where there's education for all and freedom for all. That's change, isn't it? And we take all of that for granted. And it's never occurred to us that that all came from the Reformation. Does the Reformation matter? Yes. The ideas mattered back then. And the ideas changed the world back then. But that was back then, wasn't it? Some of us are into history. We like to know how the world came like this and the extraordinary figures of history and what they did. But there is the other 99% of the population of you out there who don't care. You just want to know, how does it matter now? Well, it does. We think... The ideas that matter today are whether there'll be a nuclear war, don't we? Whether terrorism will ever end. Whether climate change will destroy the world. We think those are the big issues. Nothing could be bigger than that. But there is a bigger issue than that. And it's exactly the same issue. That was the big issue 500 years ago. Every one of you is going to die and meet God. I was talking to one of our family members the other day who, uh, who volunteers in a nursing home running uh, recreational activities for the residents. He says, as the residents approach death, as they know that they're dying... Often those who have, no interest, have had no interest in religion all their lives have ignored God suddenly begin to be interested. They want the chaplain to come. They want someone to pray with them. They're thinking about death. I, said, I asked him, why do you think this is? This man's not a Christian man. He said, oh, I think it's because they're thinking about meeting their family members who have died. Really? I thought. I said, I don't think so. I think more importantly, they know they're going to meet God. And they know that God holds people accountable for what they've done. And they need to know they're forgiven. That's what Martin Luther needed to know. And it's exactly what you and I need to know. It is the big issue. 
whether you die from a nuclear war or an act of terrorism or in a nursing home, what is going to happen when you meet God? And 500 years later, the answer from the Catholic Church is exactly the same as it was then. Faith plus do enough. Grace plus earn enough. The Bible plus tradition. Christ plus Mary and the saints and the priests. Not one part of their answer has changed. It is still not finished in their view. You still have to do things. So do the ideas of the Reformation still matter? Does it matter that one billion people belonging to the Catholic Church, are still held in darkness? Yes, it does. And in case you think I'm particularly, unfairly anti-Catholic, it's the same for every religious idea that's out there, isn't it? Whether it's Orthodox or Muslim or Hindu or Buddhist or just secular, do your best in life and it will be okay. They're all the same. It's all about it's not finished yet. You have to do things. And the gospel is that it is done. It is finished. That's why it's by faith alone, through grace alone, in the Bible alone, by Christ alone. The answer to the issue that matters still matters today. And we need to be clear on it and speak it. Finally, the Reformation really matters because these ideas mattered back then. They changed the world back then. They still matter today. And these ideas will still change the world. I, didn't, I don't have to convince you of this, I hope. These Reformation ideas are slogans. They encapsulate what you have come to think is normal Christianity. That Jesus has done it all and we simply trust in him. If you're someone who knows that, has put their trust, put your trust in him, then you love these ideas. This is what drives your life. This is what has brought you peace with God and forgiveness and hope and motivates you to live for him. These ideas have changed you. Have a listen to how Martin Luther put the change that had happened to, you, to him. Although I am an unworthy and condemned man, my God has given me in Christ all the riches of righteousness and salvation without any merit on my part, out of pure, free mercy, so that from now on I need nothing except faith, which believes that it is true. Why should I not therefore freely, joyfully, with all my heart, and with an eager will do all things which I know are pleasing and acceptable to such a father who has overwhelmed me with his inestimable riches. This idea has so gripped me, he says, 
This mercy is so great that it fills me with joy and drives me to want to love others. The idea mattered to him and the idea changed him. And it will be exactly the same for us. The more we understand these ideas, the more we will be changed. And even though I'm pretty sure this anniversary will be completely ignored by almost everyone except for Christians, our friends and family who don't know Jesus will probably know nothing about the Reformation and the anniversary. Even though they don't know, it's these ideas that can change them. For it even changed the people in the darkness 500 years ago. These ideas will encourage us and make it clearer for us as we seek to share Jesus. Does the Reformation still matter today? Can you be motivated to turn up here for these five weeks? Do you want to know more about this? Are you excited about this? The ideas mattered back then. The ideas changed the world back then and the ideas still matter today and they will still change the world. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that it is finished, that your work through grace in Christ for us is done. We thank you that Jesus died for our sins that you raised him from the dead and he now sits at your right hand. Father, we praise you for the rediscovery of this truth, the rediscovery of the gospel through the person of Martin Luther that it spread to so many others and they, they saw these were ideas worth dying for, for they are ideas that really matter. Father, please motivate us Make it clear to us. Drive us to want to know these ideas better. And as we know them better, we pray that you will change us. Fill us with joy and hope and confidence and love for others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.